Hi, I'm Paul from Mega65, and you're listening to the Scene World Podcast. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. I'm AJ. Jurg is there. This is Scene World. How's it going? Good, good, good. So that I'm, means today we are talking to Katja Becker. Yeah. We thought about it, and I think that, you know, our our um, last month was our repair month. And I think that we may be able to extend repair month a little bit longer. So, so welcome to the repair month extension. <laughs> and, and so, because, because, you know, she does a lot of modification to, to uh, her stuff. And that falls within, I think the same kind of wheelhouse as repairing, you know, the right to, to modify and to, and to, do things to your own, you know, to your own stuff, which is what right to repair is really all about is the ability to modify and fix and do whatever you want to your own hardware and what. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, right, why not? Yeah. So we're, 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 we're going to, so we're extending it a little bit into, into July. And then August and then September. <laughs> right to repair year. Yeah. Have a year. <laughs> Um, yeah. So news, news, well, news, news. Well, first, I want to point out a part from our previous episode, and if you're watching the video version of this, I'm, I'll stick it right here. There's a part last last month, which has been pointed out to me that it appears as if I'm falling asleep whilst Jurg explains something, and I I, I want to um, I want to clarify that that what that's not me falling asleep. That's me having a severe sinus migraine and <laughs> trying <laughs> trying to make it through a podcast what what nobody saw was the 3 hours before the podcast that i was sitting in a dark room with sunglasses on trying to stop my head from pounding seriously oh i was di- i was i was terrible it was awful the worst one of the worst days of my life okay. i wasn't I... falling asleep i just really didn't want to see light <laughs> okay so, so yeah, so that's, and that's also why I missed that podcast because I was, I was ill. So anyway. Yeah. So, um, well, I have to say I was really, I was really happy and, um, HA can confirm this. I was so, so, um, um, I was so excited to finally talk to Scotty Allen I was mentioning it for months. Like, (laughs) hey, soon we are talking to Scotty Allen. Isn't this awesome? So, um, so, and and he's one of those guys. And um, also, like the iFixit people, like always happy, always smiling, and always Mm -hmm. showing something positive. And and even and even with. with Jessa Jones, always super happy, and uh, oh. so we were really lucky here to to make this possible and give something back to those people who who fight for the right to repair. Yes, and um, found this total awesome. And I am I, again. I'm 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 real bummed that I had missed the the um, the iFixit thing because I mean I have this is. 
this is an iFixit tool that I actually have and use. Like I've got, you know, I, um, I think it's called Spudger or something. Yeah, that's a. Uh, I don't know if that's a Spudger or if I think that's a Pry tool. Right. I have a Spudger. I do have a Spudger. I just don't know where I put it. Okay. It's in there somewhere. <laughs> I have iFixit tools, but I don't care enough so that I know where they are. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> and also, I've I've got when I fixed my phone, the camera in my phone I purchased from iFixit. Nice. So I mean, it's it's a it's a huge resource to have. Yeah, we mentioned that before. iFixit is special because iFixit really talks to a few selected people, and mm-hmm. because they are so overwhelmed with with inquiries and stuff, and right. they are a small company, they really can't. Um, can't answer all calls for interviews and um, you know and sending review units. So really glad they decided to talk to us. Absolutely. Um, talking about things, um, also there is a little change on, to our homepage. Um, now, if you go to the interview sections, you can finally click on um, MP3 downloads, and you will reach the mp3 download page which is actually called zineworld.org slash history because some people they said they want to have um, mp3 versions or podcast release of the interviews so they can listen to that when they drive in a car or something mm-hmm. and also also um, we, we moved away the button from bit from this BitTorrent service that would offer the MP3 files from the podcast that way because they they had some issues with our RSS feed they never really fixed. Instead, now we are linking to archive.org and archive.org is really big if you know the Wayback Machine, which is oh, actually yes. what they are most known for. So if you wonder uh, why that changed, this is why. Okay. So news. Of course, oh yeah. Of course, before we start with the news, I should also mention: meet us at Gamescom. Scene World is in the retro era again. Yes, we and are. And meet, meet us. Have a chat. Watch the magazine. Read the magazine. Play a game. Whatever you can. Who's going to be all. there this year? Huh? Who's going to be there this year? Well, me, Martin Arman. Um, Martin Wisniewski, which is our graphic guy, and of course, uh, also we have Victor, who is our graphic artist from Peru, Lima. Oh, he'll be there. He will be there. Yeah. Nice. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. So. Excellent. Yeah. There's just a few collection of people from our staff who will be there. So um, it's called Scene World and not Scene Germany. So. <laughs> News. Yes, news. I guess the biggest thing that I've noticed lately is that Mega 65 is going buck wild. They've got pre-production units. Yeah, yes, there is a YouTube channel. Um, they've got pre-production units going uh, with cases and motherboards, and they're functional. And Geo's on it is freaking amazing. Uh, amazing looking. I mean, this is Geo's, like C64 Geo's running at like 800 by 600. You know, like like a perfect high res, um, 
there's and they have videos of this up. Um, it uses two SD cards. There's one internal, one external. It looks like the floppy drive on the inside. So so it's using a floppy drive and the SD, and they, those are devices eight and nine. You can also hook up a fifteen forty one, which works currently. They were showing that working. Um, there is plans. This is a a second run of pre production, so it's not done yet. They're talking about adding a user port as well. So currently it doesn't have the user port and the case doesn't have the hole for it. But I mean, I mean, it's rolling, you know, and just in the last week, it's just been one thing after another uh, being released about the Mega 65 and and how far it's come. And that's freaking awesome because because that's one of the projects that I'm really, really interested in, even though. Even though what you're going to do with it, I don't know, but I really want one for for no good reason. (laughs) But but yeah, so that's that's cool. Okay, what else? Um, well, talking about um, talking about similarly um, new machines that are, are reproductions or are newly invented, the the Commodore or not the Commodore, but the 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 C two fifty six Phoenix, and that's spelled F O E N I X. I don't know. Um, the pre-sale will begin shipping mid-August, they're saying. And there's already a handful of tools and developer things. There's a tracker, I think, that's available. There's a a, a very basic uh, GUI. So that's happening, um, which is kind of funny because we heard of it out of kind of out of nowhere and weren't sure if this was just sort of you know, somebody making some stuff and, and then, you know, not really going to follow through, but it seems like, seems like it's really happening. So what really blew, I think is the C128 RM not making it. Yeah. I really I, would have loved one. Uh, me too. I was really also looking forward to that and I wish I knew what happened. Um, yeah, I, there was some, there was some um, negative, reaction from um from the pe- from people from the public on uh facebook and and wherever else uh about it and and i guess a lack of documentation but as we talked to yeah well, so we talked to to peter about it um early on and it was more we got the impression that it was more that he was too busy working on the boards than you know i mean, I mean writing the documentation and showing specs and whatnot is is a bit of work and he was focusing mostly on getting it functional first, but currently the website is not, is, is down. And um, he doesn't answer to emails, unfortunately. Right. So, you know, we'd love to know, you know, Peter, if you're, if you're listening or watching, please get in touch with us. We love you. And we love the 128 RM and we would like to know. Actually, I said I would pre-order one, mm-hmm. but never came around it because it, yeah. it's not there anymore. Right, right. Um, and I'm wondering any, if anyone did pre-order it, and, and what is the status well, of Well, not enough. I think on Forum64, he says like 500 people had to pre-order it. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, the project would be canceled, and I think that's what happened. Okay, well... That's that's a shame because I was really excited about that. I think, and we mentioned that I mentioned that before. Some projects, exactly like this project, are perfect for going with flexible funding. Yes, absolutely. 
Yeah, and it's also it's very niche. You know, I mean, doing something like, like a, an a, you know an Ultimate sixty four or a C sixty four Reloaded, that's sort of like a, a, a that's going to grab a wide swath of Commodore users. Remastering the the one twenty eight is a much smaller subset of the C sixty four population because not everyone had a one twenty eight. Not everybody really sees the need for it. You know, I mean, I've got I've got a 128, and I still use my the 64 for most things because there isn't all that much six, uh, 128 software available. So it is a niche market. So I think that, like you said, flexible funding and not going for a certain number of pre-orders maybe would have been the better the better um, better method. But. Speaking of the Ultimate 64, um, the firmware was just updated June 23rd, so... Or or trying to cooperate, like Law Pricks, maybe mm-hmm. talk to him, he said once the Z64 keycaps are out, he, he plans to, um, to cooperate with that guy and order his keyboard together with the keycaps mm-hmm caps um as a bundle that people could actually buy right right so uh but you know the problem is you also need to have the mentality to stand your ground and not be influenced too much by the negativity or yeah. if not the, if the minimum amount of orders isn't met find alternatives right and it is it can be difficult to um to to wade through when you when you get a lot of negative comments from people uh it, it's tough to follow through with stuff because you get discouraged and that's you know it's it's it happens i understand i mean i mean look at dave dave lowe's mm-hmm. kickstarter he had to do it three times oh my god mm-hmm. and many people have all would have already given up the first try yeah yep and and while we're talking about, I mean, we're talking about the the 128 remaster. We're talking about the 64, the ultimate 64. We're talking about the the Phoenix C256 and the Mega 65. And in December, the full size C64, not the, that's based on the mini, is going yeah, to the, be going on the sale. The 64, actually. The 64, yeah. yeah, the C64, yeah, will be going on sale in December with the actual working keyboard and stuff. You know what really annoys me? What really annoys me when people say, "Ah, I'm retro. I love the old stuff," and nobody understands. And this really shocks me how important it is to have working disk drives. It is important, goddamn. Oh, and yeah, people yeah. say, "Like, no, it's not important." I am bullshit. Bullshit. If you talk about preserving old hardware, old stuff, if you preserve, I mean, here in Europe, it's a big thing since 2015, you know, culture good preserving mm-hmm. and video games, computer games and all that stuff are now made by, uh, are now cultural goods since 2015. And the same organs here in Germany or Europe that are responsible for preserving movies are also responsible for preserving video games. And it's bullshit to say that discs and drives are not important anymore. That's bullshit. There's a lot of things, and there will always be things that will not work on an emulator. Mm-hmm. And, and things like copy protections should be preserved. So the, yes. the knowledge should be preserved. 
it's bullshit to say, oh, we need just new computers. Nobody needs a, a new floppy drive. That's bullshit. Right, That's right. really bullshit. It is. And I don't understand why nobody is using nowadays technologies and making goddamn new 1541s. Right. I mean, real drives, not just emulators that work with um, SD to ISC or <clears throat> SD card. Right. The 1541 <clears throat> is essentially a small computer of its own. I mean, it's got a processor, it's got RAM, it's got ROM, it's got all that stuff. And that could easily be reproduced in FPGA yeah. form. In, and then the, I guess the hard part would be getting the drive mechanisms. But, I mean, there's, uh, there's millions of drive mechanisms out there. And, and, and to everybody who says the drives are slow, ever heard about fast loader and compression? Well, just, yeah, well, well, just to mention it. They're slow, but they're not, you know, the, the funny they're not, thing They're not is, super slow. They're exactly. not super slow. And also, the same, the, same, the same argument is actually can also be used for data sets. Mm-hmm. People will always say, oh, it took half an hour to load. That's also bullshit. Recent games, especially, especially um, as we know, UK had a lot of tape, dis- uh, tape uh, data set releases. And also, actually, I'm waiting. Um, it was just shipped today from UK, um, a double pack tape pack um, from Aliens. Aliens UK by Electronic Dreams and Aliens USA by Activision. Originally, Activision's, so also called US Aliens, was a disc only release. But for the market outside of America, they actually made a tape release. Mm-hmm. And until yesterday, I, I even didn't know that there was a, a double tape release of both versions of the game. And actually, two weeks and two weekends ago, I had friends here, and we we played a, a leaderboard. It was mm-hmm. a lot of fun, and we were like, "Oh, the loading times! No bullshit! The loading didn't take longer than ten minutes because hey, newer games used data compression." Yeah, you, you know, when I started getting back into actually using a real sixty-four. Um, my first thought was, this is going to be sort of painful. I, you know, one of the first things I wanted to do was get like, a, you know, find my old fast loader because you know I was thinking this is going to be brutal. But when I actually started using it and started doing stuff on it, it it is, you know, booting up my my Mac and opening up Photoshop or something like that. It doesn't take significantly longer than starting up a game on this. And a lot of times, especially with the cassette games, they did stuff to keep your attention during the load. Things would pop up like on screen. Games. Yeah. Right. They would play music well, the or famous, something like that. The famous uh, Last Ninja loader mm-hmm. music. Right, right. So there was, I mean, it was it was a part of the experience that, you know, I mean, I remember, and I had forgotten about it until just recently, um, when you'd load up certain games from Electronic Arts, you'd get the big... You know, the, the big logo and it would change colors as it loaded and whatnot. You know, which is, I mean, it's all part of the experience of playing the game. Which is actually, which is actually, actually the part where it checks for the copy protection. Yes, yes. On the discs. And that's something most people actually don't know. Yeah, so well, a lot of people have never... If the colors don't change, the copy protection check failed. Right, and a, and a lot of people haven't even haven't even seen that because most of the games you can find online have been have been cracked. So all that copy protection is out, 
and I don't know about you. I'm I'm I may be a little bit weird in this, but it's like the games that I liked as a kid, right? That I used to play. I've actually gone and if I can just reach them over here, I actually went and and got the games yeah. again. I got it too. I got it, it too. Right, yeah. because because I don't want to see the crack intro before it starts. I don't want a trainer on it. I want to play it like I played it when I was a kid and bought it in the store. With the box and the manual? Yes. Yeah, because these I, things and, are... And actually, I like the smell. I like the smell. Well, these and smell like of, someone's of... basement at this point, but... <laughs> I know. Yeah, anyway, anyway, it's peop... my friend said, it smells ugly. It smells like mold. Like, yeah, well, that's 80s <laughs> that's, stuff. Yeah, that's it's what it great. Like now. Yeah, you know? Um... Yeah. Anyway, anyway, and and I have to admit, you know, before before I joined the retro scene twenty years ago, I was like, ah, tape, uh, data data set games are bullshit. They are too slow. I don't want them. But the thing is, you reach a point where games um, that were on discs, the disc versions are not available anymore. So you go on you go on you go on on eBay or you go on the internet and you have two options. Either a game base sixty four and download a cracked version mm -hmm. or get the data set version. Yeah, right. With the original box and a manual from eBay. Mm -hmm. So what do you do? Well I get the data set version because it's better than nothing. And I have to admit we, we we actually read the uh, leaderboard manual before we played it, and we had so much fun. We played for three hours all the whole co courses, and actually it made more fun because we had the manual and we actually could we actually could read and understand what we are doing with the claps and the handicap and wood and middle and all that stuff and uh -huh. the putter and you know yeah right, um, right. so. I don't understand. I don't understand why people say we don't need disk drives anymore. And um, I also think that data set games are not as bad as people think they are. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, and and the one thing that that also people will say a lot is, ah, oh, it had a lot of load errors on the on the uh, data sets. That's also not true. Because the Commodore 64 was one of the few computers back in the 80s that actually put the data on the music cassettes digitally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. And this is why you had far less loading options, uh, sorry, far less loading errors compared to the Spectrum or the Amstrad or any other computer of that time. Yeah. So... And it, sometimes it blows my mind because people are saying something like, I used to remember it took half an hour to lo load. Well, no, it did not. Yeah, when you're a kid, you know, it, it gets exaggerated as you get, your, your brain creates hyperbole as you remember things back. And, and suddenly this, this thing that maybe took eight minutes to load, now it takes, you know, an hour and a half. And, you what, know. what is true? What is true? What is true is that the early games from eighty four, eighty three, eighty five took hours to load, mm -hmm. uh, half an half an hour. But let's be honest. Everybody from us who played Commodore sixty four, we didn't play the games from eighty three. We played right, the games right. from eighty seven. Right. We played Last Ninja. 
we played, um, um, you know, all the newer hardware like Mayhem and Monsterland, Turbo Outrun, Turrican. Right. Who who went who went back and played a game from '83 like Blue Max? Maybe twice a year because okay, it was fun. Mm-hmm. Or Cuddle, Cuddly Cubert or whatever, or Jumpman. It were right. it were, it was it were nice games and they had slow loading, but um, as soon as the games progressed and the graphics were better and animated, I mean Last Ninja Three animated intro minutes long, a classic. Even back then, we didn't really play the old games from 82, 83, 84 too much. Maybe exception Flight Simulator 2, but that mm-hmm. is a totally different, a whole different game type of program. So yeah. anyway, this is just my point. So everybody who says it's great we have um, um, FPGA-based computers and, and uh, D64 Reloaded, Somebody please do a 1541 replacement because yeah. those games, uh, those drives are getting old and um, there's not really any replacement. That, right. that, that, that isn't an emulator that would only work with an SD card. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I think the only floppies that are still being made for the 64 are the, uh, the FD, the, the, the CMD FD clones, the FD 4000 and 2000. Which are cool drives and they're awesome drives, but are not 1541 drives or, you know, 71 or whatever. Yeah. So anyway, this is my point of view. And, and uh, honestly, the day I will have no longer a working disk drive, I'm not sure if I would still enjoy the hobbies so much. Mm-hmm. No, not at all. I got... I got four stacked up over here and then i got okay four okay, more stacked up on the one, floor over there the top one is in 1581 you yes, can't fool me yes, yeah. yes yes it is yeah my, my sweet baby up there yeah i got two of them <laughs> they're they're awesome i love them yeah i know they're great they were still they're they are still expensive but hey sometimes yeah. and, and, and an enhancer 2000 right there yeah just like, have, just like the one I, you have yeah, <laughs> and I know where I got it from. Yeah, uh, <laughs> this is also missing the sticker, just like that one. Uh, Jesus. Yeah. Anyway, this is just my point. I wanted to do. Yeah, and ooh, while we're talking about games, I don't know if we've mentioned this before. Oh my god! I don't know if we've mentioned this before, but I've gotten my my copy of Reshooter. Nice. From Richard Leuvenstein and uh, wow, and, hey, <laughs> yeah, see that I practiced that before there, and and Martin Alman. Okay, I'll let's a... let's let's put it to a test. Yes, yes. Who is who, what's the name of the guy who who does the Mario voice? <laughs> Charles Martinet. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> huh? People, you don't know that, but before we interviewed Charles Martinet. AJ and I, we had a discussion. I'm like, it's a French name. You say Charles Martinet. And AJ said, no, he is Canadian. I said, he is French Canadian. No, he's not. He's English Canadian. So he said, he said Charles Martinet. And when we finally had the interview, and um, Charles introduced himself as Charles Martinet. Mm-hmm. And I went, oh. 
because because I had recorded a promo for the previous podcast saying, "Hey, go see Charles Martinet in this place." Yeah, and yeah. it's like, oh, I hope he didn't listen to that. Yeah, well, anyway, anyway. Yeah. So I wanted to show how nicely this is put together because there is glorious, you know, beautiful stuff back there. There's the way it's packaged on the inside. Look at how yeah, how great it's packaged. <laughs> yeah, right, right, yeah. But I mean, this is like well, like awesomely done professional stuff. Yeah. You know, coming with a a autographed postcard. Nice. And and a beautifully illustrated and written manual. In color. In co a color manual, yes, color. And way in the back. If you look very carefully, there's um, right below my finger is my name, and and Laura also, Rose. Yes, Laura, all, my 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 girlfriend who did the voice of the game, the in in-game voice. Escalation. Yes. So that is super cool that we've been, you know, that 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 we got we got listed in there, and and. And if you ever break up. Just throw it away. What? No, hells no. Because you can't stand it anymore, seeing your girlfriend's <laughs> name in a, in a game. And she's not your girlfriend anymore. The, 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 the coolest thing is that just with that, that one little action, she has become more legit in the Amiga community than I have ever been. Yeah. <laughs> well... So, but that's... Yeah, anyway, speaking about scene, we, we talked a lot about the Intellivision... Mm -hmm. um, uh, well, to correct it, H.A. spoke a lot about it in television. I didn't really really follow it, but while we were while we were doing the plannings for the Gamescom interview appointments, I also I also wrote an email to Hans Episch, who is known um, was pretty much known in the video game industry, and uh, you know he is uh, he was CEO of Computech Publishing one of the biggest publishing houses for gaming magazines and he used to work as a coder for Rainbow Arts and all that stuff. And he said he has news and he will tell me about the news later. A few oh. days after, I read an announcement that Hans Eppisch left Compotech Publishing as CEO and now joined in television entertainment as president of European Operations... Oh my god. Awesome. Hey, can we get him on here? Would he sit down with us and talk to us about this new console? I hope. At least we have an appointment at Gamescom already. So that's the first step. Awesome. And it's awesome. probably something we will talk about with him. Mm. Yeah. So that that's excellent. And, and and since you just mentioned Gamescom, um over here in, in the US, in the mighty or or the, 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 the great grey north of New Jersey. Um, a video game con has been announced, um, and it's going back to it, it's it's being called video game con AVGC Classic. So it's going back to its old venue because last year it was at a much larger convention hall, and I didn't I didn't make it because it was just a little bit too far away and my schedule didn't work out with it. And, and will and you make it this year? Hopefully, yes. It's it's back in Parsippany at the PAL. It, for those who didn't know how this went to happen, so Paul Solomine actually was at Richie Knuckles Arcade, and 
he 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 they were having um relaxing evening with friends and then between some beers and in a in a live um streaming from that venue he actually mentioned oh actually i'm planning to do this a uh, video game con and actually i made a kickstarter would you like to back on it and then richie knuckles and his friends actually backed live on it and a day later um i was actually um whatsapping aja because he was complaining that there's no fucking retro related stuff in new jersey where he lives and yeah. and and then i was like here's something for you and then he was looking at the case already said like this entry ticket is it's too cheap it can't be real but he backed it anyway and then yeah. he went to the and uh, he went to the um to the uh, video game con and he was surprised that this um Ticket wasn't ticket price wasn't a fake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I don't know why H.A. thought it was a fake. Well, because uh, it seems uh, so. Because well, when you when you backed it, it was such a low, ridiculously low price, and I was like, there was I don't I don't remember what it was, but I figured like there's no way dollars or something. Yeah, yeah, and I was like, that can't be that can't be right, and and I figured that probably. That'll get you registered. There's a bug in here. I figured that, that would probably get you registered to, you know, to to go there. But once you got there, there would be like an extra fee for entrance or something. But but no, that was it. That was here's your ticket. You you go in, which is kind of amazing because the door tickets were, you know, like like fifty bucks. Yeah, and the funny thing is, actually, H A made a video with his brother Jim about it right yes, and at the did. beginning at the beginning they're th- sitting in the car right driving the to to there and they're having a discussion like uh how do you think it will be uh probably not probably probably not happening much probably there will be almost no visitors and so on and then suddenly like holy holy moses yeah we can you can barely find a place where to there park. Was, there was no parking. It was it was insane. We we got there. I mean, it was there was people on the on, parked in the streets. People parked in parking lots down the road. It was it was insane. Yeah. Um, anyway, we will link to this report trip video because it's yeah, really yeah. a very nice video, mm-hmm. and we will link to the interview we did with the organizer Paul Solomon mm-hmm. because yes. that was also very nice. Yes, it is. Um, so. People watch watch this uh, this video, especially the beginning. It's absolutely funny and uh, entertaining. <laughs> Since if that's the, all the news that we have, then why don't we uh, pop over and and talk to Katya yeah. about uh, Torah.mod. Yeah, Game Boys modding things and all that fun stuff. So we are talking with Katya Becker. Hello, welcome to the podcast. Hello. <laughs> So, um, so you are basically known as Torah Mod yes. in, in the, um, I would say, modding scene for handhelds, basically. Yes, um, main, mainly in Germany, I think. <laughs> right. So, so how did that start? How did you discover um, that you can mod actually handhelds and how did that all start? I mean, I mean, you are basically even younger than most of the machines you are working with. Oh no, that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> I'm mostly working with uh, Game Boys, and they're from '89. I'm from '91, so <laughs> yeah, that's not. So, how how um, do you even know that they exist? 
yes, it all started with my um, parents, because they always had most everything. <laughs> mm. And um, I, um, I grew, up, grew up with that. You can say that so. Um, and yes, then they um, sold most of their collection, um, mostly the Nintendo things. And I had the Game Boy in my hand and said, oh, no, you can't sell that. I'll uh, take it with me. Um, but there were um, pixel failures. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. Those uh, missing pixel lines. Right. Um, and then I searched in the internet, how can I repair that, is there any way, and um, I found that. And um, concerning the um, display, I found uh, backlight instructions, and then everything began. I bought, uh, yes, <laughs> very, mu very much um, devices then, and... Um, worked with it <laughs> yeah, that's what I, I threw mine out my, my old game boy because it had the had a bunch of lines that were, i think there were only like four lines that you could actually see <laughs> at that point you know it was just kind of like this little strip of pixels that would move around so i was like eh, whatever <laughs> but that was that was before the retro thing was really a thing you know mm. it, it wasn't retro it was just a broken game boy back then <laughs> Well, my, my first Game Boy actually had a Nubi light on it, so you actually could see anything on it. And, like an uh, external thing? <laughs> yeah, you would like slide on the, you know, the, uh, the lamp on it. And, oh, um, oh, the thing that would like, like sit over and, and get in the way and you couldn't see the screen because it had a lamp sitting right in your face? <laughs> yeah, something like that, yes. Well designed. Yes, yes, yes. And, yeah, and um, trying to... Trying to play while you had to sleep already. <laughs> yep. Yes. Exactly. And um, it was actually thanks to her that I first time heard about a um, about a backlight mod and something like inverting and then the screen would be better. I mean, I don't really understand a lot from that, but I guess you know a lot more about that than than, than we do. <laughs> Yes, I found out uh, that you can do so much things. Uh, as you know, I already uh, did an amplifier mod. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. For my, I, I uh, said, uh, um, all I said was you, you never need that much sound. <laughs> oh, yes. I actually, said, no, I actually have it I, I need it. <laughs> yeah, I actually have it here. It's, um, it's my, my Game Boy Advanced and... Um, what isn't so advanced about the Game Boy Advanced is um, the down. volume. I think it's probably mirroring or something. Oh, it's upside down. It's upside down. I think, okay, isn't it? Right. <laughs> yes. There you go. There I, you I go. don't see it very well. But the problem is basically the Game Boy Advance has a really, really uh, low sound volume mm -hmm. compared to mm -hmm. the Game Boy Classic and the other models. And then I figured out there in Russia, there is this, um, um, I don't know, what was it called again? Like, um, oh yes, um, like GB amp? Uh, yes, GB amp, yes. <laughs> exactly. Um, Russia, where we, um, 
where we waited about four months <laughs> before it arrived. <laughs> yes, but, but the reason was the first time you wrote your name wrong, the, the postal service didn't find you and they sent it back to the sender. <laughs> so, um, so do you have any examples of the modifications you do? Um, yes, a few, I think. It's um, uh, refurbish, uh, backlight, um, and everything I, I get in my hand. So I already did an, um, another mod with an Intellivision, the AV mod. So I don't know if it's correct in English. <laughs> that, that sounds <laughs> right. What, what is that exactly? Chinch mod. So you can um, connect it to a chinch connection. <laughs> okay. <laughs> On so, so I guess it's similar to the <laughs> Famicom mod because the original Famicom from 83 only allowed you to use the antenna connection to mm -hmm. connect it to the those, um, those TV. awful little boxes that you had to plug it into and then screw it into the back and the coax thing, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And uh, with a V-Mod, you have like audio and video plugs, and oh, okay. there you have gotcha. separated audio video. Well, separated is a little off because the uh, composite signal is still all three video signals combined. Yeah, still composite, to, yeah. Yeah, still composite. Um, but I guess that's the best still, you can get. It's still way yeah. better than RF modulation, which is just... Yeah, RF was the, term, was the term exactly, RF, yeah. Yeah. Right, right. Um, what I also do is some um, airbrush painting. Not much, but but a little, some easy things. Um, I learned it from, um, from a friend. Uh, she learned uh, airbrush design and showed me uh, how to brush with, uh, with the cans first. Mm -hmm. um, yes. I guess, as you mentioned, you, you bought a lot of... Um, a lot of consoles and and repaired them first before before modifying them. Um, especially the Game Gear is a, a candidate where most capacitors are just bad. I mean, I mean, I bought mine in two thousand ten, and um, um, that was nine years ago. And even back then, there was barely anyone on on eBay that had had a Game Gear that didn't have a problem. Um, yeah. So, yes, I mean, they are just a pain in the ass, I guess, right? Yes, it, it always starts with the sound, <laughs> and it smells so horrible to repair them. <laughs> but it's really important to clean it correctly, because um, it's, it's um, I don't know, it bites into the PCB <laughs> yeah. from time yeah. to time. Yes. Yeah, we have that with a lot of the newer the Amiga twelve hundreds and six hundreds and whatnot, where the uh, capacitors just leak and just destroy everything. Mm. Yes, that's um, that's a problem many people have. They try to repair but don't clean it correctly, so mm -hmm. uh, everything uh, gets more um, terrible from time. Right. Uh, because the, right, the, the corrosion just sits there on the board, and though you've replaced the leaky capacitor, what leaked is still sitting there, eating away at it and yes. breaking traces <laughs> and whatnot. So, how do you normally clean that sort of thing? Uh, I use isopropanol. Okay. It's, yes, and mm -hmm. a brush. <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> Finally, there is a use for all to for all uh, toothbrushes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, toothbrushes. You shouldn't use toothbrushes. I know that, but <laughs> they are <laughs> perfectly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> so basically. Your name is Toramat, and I I know we had a lot of guests before, and there are a lot of discussions, and there is this uh, group of people who say that modding a, a system is bad. You have to keep a system in the original state that it was, and if you repair something and, for example, put in a better screen or something, you are doing evil to the machine because it's not. The way it the manufacturer you. depended. I'll tell you uh, what evil is. Evil is the backlight on this thing. The <laughs> stock backlight is evil. Unlike unlike you have the uh, revised model that has a yeah, backlight yeah, in that's, it. That's not what I have. Okay, <laughs> so, but, so but basically, yeah, back to your point. Yeah, so basically, my point was, what what do you uh, what do you say to those people who who say that modding a system is evil? I mean, I mean, um, even you sometimes hesitate, you know, with tossing out the Game Gear backlight bulb, and uh, because it's not original anymore. So, what's your take on on that? Yes, I, I can totally understand them. Original state is the best, <laughs> I think. But really? um, I just uh, mod. Um, devices which are um, already in a bad state. So if I get um, a device that's near original, that's uh, maybe a Game Boy that's not yellow uh, but perfectly gray, um, then I will not mod it. Um, then I will take it in original state the best I can, so clean it or um, I I love uh, the glass display screens, <laughs> so um, that's what I often replace, but um, just when it's scratched, so if it's in a perfect original state, I will not mod it. <laughs> that's what I said to you as well <laughs> with the Game Gear. Right, you right. Red one is per in perfect state. <laughs> I don't want to mod it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> but now the question I always ask myself is because I don't remember how it was like 30 years ago, but the original Game Gear screen especially, I mean, how did we bear with that as a kid? I wonder, uh, I mean, how can you keep that in original state? I mean, you can barely see anything. I mean, this screen has no contrast at all, in my opinion. Yes, but you can uh, leave the original one uh, in the state it is and uh, just use one that's, that has to be refurbished. So <laughs> you can mod that and it will look great as well later. So maybe a bit of color. <laughs> yes. So the screens aren't as bad as we think they are. Yeah, no, they are really bad. <laughs> You're right, you have to replace it if you want to play with it. <laughs> But for the collection, you need to have uh, one original, I think. Well, then I'm a bad collector. <laughs> <laughs> That's my opinion. Um, even if I uh, mod so many Game Boys, um, I don't have modded ones at home. <laughs> 
all I, I hold for myself is um, original. Hmm. Interesting. I didn't know that. Wow. Now yes, I learned something. That's, uh, that's when I... Um, when I have some luck and get get one for a good price that's in original state, then I will keep it. <laughs> okay. Is there anything out there as 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 a at a good price still? I mean, <laughs> I mean, I have the feeling that in the last ten years the prices were um, were insane. They've gone up a bit, yeah. Yes, it's it's really difficult. You have to search for a long time. When I started two years ago, it was much easier to find cheap devices. So, yes, you're right. <laughs> it got more difficult. And does it doesn't it hurt your heart when you part from the from the modded system and, yes, and sell sometimes. them again? <laughs> But I can't uh, take everything, so <laughs> it's just a hobby. <laughs> now, now, when you when you've modded a system, and and so what what do you do with it once it's been modded? Do you like do you sell them? Do you yes yes donate or I mostly okay. sell them. Yes, okay. I, I take some pictures, uh, and um, I'm happy of the result, and then uh, mm -hmm. yes, I have to leave them. Yes, okay. but uh, as you already said, it's not easy to get cheap devices, so mm -hmm. I can't, I have to sell sometimes. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, with the pictures, I really have to say, I get a lot of pictures sometimes, you know, when people are <laughs> asking me, why do you get so much messages? I'm saying, well, I'm getting pictures from the inside of my Game Gear. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Um, well, um, wait, did so, she fix your game gear? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, I did. I <laughs> yeah. was unaware of this. Okay. Yeah. Well, well, my my problem is a bit special. Um, I bought this game gear um in two thousand ten, mm -hmm. and it was broken constantly, like four times already, or something. So um, and then I was like, okay, now that's the fifth time that it's getting repaired. And then I said, okay, I'm not going to send it to Prod anymore, waiting it for months to get it returned. And then it's still breaking a few, a few years later. Um, I don't know. Are you breaking it? I don't know. Just, just playing with it. Oh, okay. But, but I guess um, the yeah, Game Gear probably... No, I guess the Game Gear has has this special problem that you have um, a little a little PCBs inside and a little capacitors, and once the sound breaks, then another time the screen is having a problem, then the um, the the um, power supply stops working. I I think it's it's all those little things that die once yeah. once after another but but i'm not an expert it's just what what i figured um but but i think the big game changer especially for the game gear and um for for the lynx is the mac macwill mod right from marco willick Yes, yes, um but i think it's the only display actually uh, to to get to so <laughs> um some people say the scalance isn't that good but i think it's perfect so yes and what, what is that mod specifically uh, it's a new display so an, a modern lcd display 
oh, that's okay. added to. So um, the old one is um, um, is taken out and. Um, cool. But it's not just the screen alone. I think the PCB is PCB is with it. Right. Yes, and it's the display and a, a PCB to convert the signal. It's all included, so you just have to um, to slide in the display, uh, fix it, and um, uh, and then um, solder some cables on it. Hmm. Yes. There, there is another. There's another well-known person in the Game Gear field in Germany. That's Silvio Laute, and when 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 I when when I spoke to him and I spoke to her, and they both tried to convince me when I put when I when I get the Marco Willig, um, um, well replacement for my red Game Gear. Don't don't let them put in the VGA adapter because it will make the thing look ugly. I was yeah. just going to say, the, the, the way that sounds is almost like you could do a breakout and hook it up to an external screen, which... Yeah. It is, yeah. <laughs> there is, there, through this um, Marco Willig mod, mm -hmm. you, you can add like 50 euros additional to it, and then you get a VCA um, breakout for, okay. uh, for connecting it to a screen. Um, which is which is quite funny because actually it's using the, the contrast dial to switch it on or off. Oh, okay. <laughs> and and I know the first time I told you this, Katya, you didn't believe me because you yes, were like, "This is crazy." I, <laughs> so I uh, I never um, I never built it in the VGA. So uh, I. <laughs> I didn't read that part in the manual, <laughs> and I, yes, I couldn't believe it. <laughs> but it's a great idea, I think. So, um, what what else do you do with those? I mean, what 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 other mods did you do that are maybe a bit, you know, special or uncommon apart from the amplifier in the Game Boy Advance? Oh, I I think. It's bad. I don't have so much time, so it's not that much that others didn't do already, <laughs> I think. But I think the quality is great. Yes, because I, I learned it. I'm an um, uh, electrician. That's yeah. maybe what, what I... <laughs> what you say? Um, and um, worked some years in our... Um, SMD uh, manufacturing, and uh, so I think the solder quality should be good enough. <laughs> mm -hmm. I I had many devices in my hand uh, where I thought, oh my god, <laughs> how can you sell that? That's so. There are so many people uh, getting money for solder works, which are. Uh, I saw one who um, used hot glue. Yeah, the hot glue solder, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it was, I wondered why it, why it uh, worked. <laughs> <laughs> but it didn't come from America. <laughs> no, I'm that, sure. That's my method because I'm awful with soldering. <laughs> 
Right. Yeah. Well, um, I guess I guess the big problem is repairing something or working with something that somebody else tried to repair yeah. before, and then you're trying to undo what they did. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, trying to unbreak it. Uh, um, but you said you are you are um, a, a, an electrician with um, so you are a graduated electrician and. But basically, that was before your hobby, yeah. Because because most people uh, like discover a hobby and then they make a job out of it. But for you, it was the other way around. You you already had this. You already had this um, graduation, and then you discovered um, you discovered Game Boys again and Game Gears. Yes, but I think it was always my hobby to uh, open devices, <laughs> mm -hmm. even if it uh, was just a printer or something. <laughs> Right, right. Hmm. 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 <clears throat> and and well, one thing that I figured is that um, nowadays it's a big problem to find somebody who who has the knowledge to repair those old stuff. Still, I mean, there are a lot of people who can only repair newer devices, but not older ones. I mean, for example. Let's say a traditional example is a CRT monitors or something, and um, so so how how does it work for you? Did you I don't know, I mean um, did you well get interested and then learned about the old old technology that the Game Boy and Game Gear used, or or did you know that before already, or did you I don't know read articles about it, or is it just trial and error and see what works? Um, it depends on the problem. So if you have a Game Boy, for example, I had it last time, um, sometimes the speakers um, get defect, but um, I, I thought it was that problem and then it uh, doesn't work anyway. And then um, I opened the schematic and found the problem. So it depends on the problem. Sometimes you already know <laughs> or find something in the internet um, uh, which often appears <clears throat> but um, yes if there are special things uh, then I can already um, read the schematics then mm. so the knowledge is yes is there <laughs> border, border cases where you have a really really um, trash device and i guess like 20 years ago or 10 years ago people would have said okay trash it get a get another one and um i guess the typical problem is the more you trash 10 years ago the harder it's it's uh, to be found nowadays yeah. and the more the pri the prices raise because there are less devices that you can still work with so what's your approach? Do you sometimes give up and toss it and get a new one? Or are you one that is like, okay, get back to that a half a year later and see if I can get another approach? Um, I mean, I mean, I, I have seen horrible stories where people just, you know, I guess, I guess, HA, you saw that where one person uh, tossed, uh, tossed um, a very rare Amiga version because he had no idea what he was tampering with, and then he broke the CD drive, right? Yes, yes I did. <laughs> and I maybe did you can that. tell about that because I don't know the whole story. He tried to replace the CD drive in an Amiga CD TV, and 
Well, at first he tried to adjust it. He didn't try to replace it because it wasn't reading. But evidently there's a specific way to do this, which is fairly well known in the community. But he didn't read up on that. So he just he broke it in his attempt to fix it. And then rather than give it to someone who could then properly repair it, he just took a hammer and smashed it into <laughs> tiny pieces and threw it into oh, the no. trash. <laughs> and yeah. He used, to, he used to be on our staff. <laughs> In my family, nobody ever threw away <laughs> devices like that, especially mm -hmm. consoles. <laughs> yeah. I'm really happy about that. <laughs> Perfect family. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, okay, the original question behind that was if you if if there are cases you give up and say, okay, this is un this is unfixable, or are you a person who tries till forever and you say there isn't a case where this is not fixable. Well, but you can also salvage parts from things that are, are completely broken and messed up. I yes. mean, everything is good for parts. Yes, I collect parts as well. That's correct. Yeah. But uh, yes, I uh, try to fix it, but sometimes uh, there's no hope. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yes. Oh, but sometimes when, uh, when I get a device which is... Um, really trashy <laughs> so <laughs> sometimes it looks like it uh, it's uh, lay in on the toilet for 10 <laughs> about 10 years just uh, and the people just playing tetris <laughs> for hours. which is exactly probably what well, happened yes i, I think so <laughs> That's what happened. So sometimes you ha you think, oh, I don't want to clean that. I don't even want to um, want to take my hand on it. <laughs> <laughs> but you're always um, yes, you always love the result when it's sometimes just cleaning is enough and it looks uh, like new again. <laughs> So you had that case where you had a device that was sold broken and it in fact wasn't broken? It was just not cleaned enough? No, that was not the problem. Uh, I had one where the display um, showed, um, showed um, interesting... Um, yes, it, it was not working, the display, so... Um, I d didn't find any problems, so um, I looked at the PCB and thought, oh, the, this pin is not soldered correctly, um, and, and just um, soldered, resoldered uh, GND, I think it was uh, a ground pin, and then it, it worked again, and I was so happy about it, because <laughs> it was just the one pin, and uh, I think everybody else would have... Uh, um, would have thrown them in in the trash and <laughs> right. yes that was <clears throat> sometimes there are just uh, little things to do and it works again and uh, that's the um, case where i can um, get cheap devices but you don't know sometimes what you get no i don't know it's it's a kind of some kind of luck but I think it's an interesting part in the hobby as well. Never know what what you get. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, are but, you limited yeah. to, um, well, not limited to, but do you stick to, um, like, the handhelds and consoles and stuff? Or do you um, 
Like, 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 is there stuff that you don't handle, like, 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 uh, older, you know, computers and stuff, or is it anything that comes your way you'll try to mess with? Mm, it's it's mostly consoles and handhelds. And it's I guess it's more about mo modifying rather than repairing, right? Mm -hmm. I guess I guess the modifying is what makes the more fun, and repairing is just a first step to get started with the modding. Oh, even if it smells horrible, I also love to repair <laughs> Game Gears. <laughs> I think it's uh, a relaxing work <laughs> to change yeah. capacitors. Okay. <laughs> I would try uh, some new things. If someone go comes and says, uh, would you try to repair that, this or that? Uh, so I say I never had it in hand, but uh, I can try. So... I'm open okay. for that. That's no problem. <laughs> okay. Ah, but but there's also tedious work in that field, like replacing Game Boy batteries or something <laughs> from the cartridges. You know, yeah, we're yeah. like, oh god, oh god, not again. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yes, but sometimes such an easy work is uh, great as well. <laughs> and and then there are videos on YouTube where you can make it better, like replacing the battery without you without losing your game your, your safe games you know i'm like <laughs> okay this is really crazy you because you're, you're trying to solder the new battery while the old one oh, is still connected and yeah, all that stuff okay. Like, okay how crazy is that you know um, yes, or sometimes when they say uh, that's an easy way you don't have to solder uh, and then they um, they do glue on the batteries. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, I had that. Um, I wanted to buy a game and it was Pokemon Crystal. So it was transcluent. <laughs> and I, uh, he said to me, yes, I changed the battery and I, uh, and so um, you have to pay a little bit more. But then I, uh, I said, uh, yes, you used tape on it. So <laughs> I don't think. <laughs> That's yeah. the correct way to change it. So, <laughs> <laughs> but other others who don't know that, uh, <laughs> yeah, yes, right, we'll they're gonna it. get duped into it. Mm. Well, I'm I'm one of such people. I I have no clear about. Uh, I have <laughs> but no you can, if you look about... at some tape, you can kind of figure. Well, you know, there's a ball <laughs> of duct tape in that cartridge. I think maybe, maybe he didn't do it right. <laughs> well, and then you have this other problem that there is a lot of fake cartridges out there and sometimes you can't tell which is fake and which is real until you open it and actually see it from the inside. Is that an actual problem? Um, I, I was lucky um, until now, <laughs> so <laughs> I didn't have much repro uh, um, modules. I am really cautioned <laughs> when buying some things, um, and um, yes, I was lucky until now, so mm. that's actually no problem. <laughs> I hope I didn't sell anything, <laughs> but uh, I'm pretty sure it was all original. <laughs> <laughs> now imagine somebody's face as you are you are selling a Game Boy and then, surprise, it's a Game Gear instead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be an interesting mod. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. That would be a great idea to, uh, <laughs> to 
to yeah. mod a Game Gear into an, uh, a Game Boy. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm seeing on the Instagram, you've got, there, there's a couple here that uh, have certain backlight mods, and I see dip switches that are installed in the machine. Yes, that's uh, RGB dis just displays, so you can change the color of the backlight. So it's just like the the backlight itself is blue or green or yes. red or something. Okay. Yes, it's just um, the classic one where you oh. can um, have just one uh, backlight color. Hmm. But again, it's really well done, and I'll, and again, we'll throw a picture of this over here while we're doing it, so that people can see how well it's it's. It's integrated into the machine in a way that looks like it should have been there from the start. You know, <laughs> like like if I was trying to do that, it would be all choppy and broken and stuff, and 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 it wouldn't look good at all. But this is like right in there. Yes, there are much more in uh, Great Britain or in uh, America. People, some people on Instagram, um, which are doing really cool stuff. Mm -hmm. That I uh, can't get to, <laughs> but I think I really think it's a kind um, some time that is uh, missing for me. Mm. I just need some more time for my hobby. <laughs> <laughs> but I think everyone is saying that. <laughs> yeah, well, it depends. Depends. Yeah, sometimes I want time away from my hobbies. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, I, I'm not sure if I if I clearly understood that. But um, we spoke at the beginning about the old ways of uh, making, well, light on the on the screen for for a Game Boy, like my newbie light that I had as a kid, mm. that was from the top. But I, I guess um, um, this backlight mod for a Game Boy, for a classic Game Boy, um, combined with a, I think it's called Beavert mod or something. Yeah, and this is a classic yes, Game Boy yes. we're talking about, which didn't yeah. have a backlight originally. Yeah, you know, yeah. This was just. If you were in the dark, you were out of luck. If you were, if you were in, you know, the shade on a sunny day, you were out of yeah. luck. Well, but I've read about it. I'm, I'm not sure if I understood the concept, but I, I understood it like somebody back in the day tried to um, connect the the display cable of the Game Boy the other way around, and then they ins that then they inserted a a, a microchip to. Um, invert back the thickness of the display so it would be sharper because mm, originally yes. it was i i'm not sure if i if i if i understood this correctly because i'm a totally noob when it comes to electronics <laughs> um is is that correct yes it's called bvert mod so b invert um and it's just an inverter chip um which is um Connected between the signal from from the chip to the um, so from the microcontroller to the uh, display, oh. it's just an inverter chip between it, and uh, then you have the polarizator um, in the display, and you replace it and um, and uh, turn it nineteen ninety degrees that. And um, so the the uh, display is inverted again. So you have a B invert. Which <laughs> hmm. is crazy. How <laughs> does somebody even get the idea of like, ah, oh, let's put it, let's put it in the wrong way to have the picture sharper, <laughs> and then putting a micro shape in it to to reinvert it back. And I, man, does it make! I just looked up a picture online, and I'll I'll 
There, it's a that is a yes. difference. Yes, that is a significant difference. difference. Uh, some someone um, described that to me someday, and um, he said um, um, dark pixels have more, so so turned off pixels have more contrast than um, unturned pixels. So. Right. That's the reason why it's a better contrast, but I'm not pretty sure about it. <laughs> mm. okay. One thing I, I don't get actually is uh, the problem of display rot. I think that's, that's how it's called. Um, that's when the LCD display gets uh, black points on it. I don't know where it comes from. I think it's when the LCD crystals uh, dry out. Yeah. Yes, and um, I'm actually uh, searching for a way to get rid of it. I found out when lying them into sunlight, it sometimes changes a bit, but I'm not <laughs> ready with my diagnosis. <laughs> so <laughs> Sunlight uh, seems to change something, but I don't think, it, I'm not sure if it's the um, the UV light. I'm not sure if it's that or if it's the the heat. But I'll try this summer again. <laughs> <laughs> Don't try it in the microwave or in the oven. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> it's actually actually. Oh, you can yeah, you can do yeah. the uh, the PCB into the um, the oven and then yeah, yeah. your pizza pizza <laughs> after that. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Does that actually work? Because that's somebody that people on YouTube mention all the time. If you have soldering issues with your PCB, <laughs> put it in your oven. Isn't that fake or something? Um, I oh. think uh, soldering iron um, is smelling about 250 um, degrees. So uh, this will, this can work, <laughs> I think. <laughs> but it's not really uh, good for your health, I think. <laughs> yeah. mm. uh, that's something they did with the uh, Xbox 360. Um, when the ring of death appeared, they uh, they took it into the oven, so the uh, solder gets mm -hmm. um, uh, getting softer, and then cold solder uh, solder points um, uh, get f good again. Mm -hmm. So that's the reason why the Xbox 360 worked again sometimes. <laughs> but you I can do stuff to motherboards yeah. that you really yeah. don't. That you really don't think you can, like people, you know, you throw them in the in the in the uh, in the dishwasher and stuff, and that's you know that that's fine. I had an old Mac, a Mac Classic, that uh, threw, you know it was dirty, it was gross because it had been owned by a smoker, and the inside was disgusting. So I just took the whole motherboard, which is what they said to do, and throw it in the dishwasher, and it worked. It worked fine. Mm -hmm. Yes, I I was not sure if that's okay, so I read some. Uh, things about it and uh, everyone was saying it's okay you just don't have to use uh, uh, that cleaning stuff right, um, right. yes I think it can work but you have to clean it after that again with right. uh, maybe isopropanol which is yeah, uh, the, the best the, for everything <laughs> yeah well because the water has there's potentially minerals in the water that yeah. are going to then get stuck on the board and you don't want that 
Yes. But but I've also read that this oven trick only works for a couple of weeks and then the problem reappears. Wouldn't know. Yes, I, d I don't know. I haven't tried it myself. I just heard about it. <laughs> it's not going to break it. Yes, it's not going to break it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I better use my oven for cake only or for pizza yes. or something, not for a piece of pizza. I have um, seen stor stories on YouTube like, oh, I put it one degree too hot and now now something melts off it. And, um. But you think about, you know, the, the components themselves are made to, they get warm, you know. So it's mm -hmm. like, yeah, you know, you got a chip there that might be kicking over at like 200 degrees or something. That's perfectly normal for it. So you throw it in an oven at 200, 250 degrees. That's stuff it would be exposed to anyway. Um, yes, but if you use a uh, soldering oven, they are also uh, for about two or uh, to five minutes in an oven with uh, 315 degrees. So right. um, I think it's no problem to use 250 degree, t right. 50 degrees uh, and uh, just put it into it. Um, I don't think that should be a problem. Um, the devices are often um, for uh, working temperature. So mm -hmm. while working, Uh, while electricity is on it, um, for 275 degrees. Mm -hmm. So um, when it's it's not um, when it's not working, it's no problem right. to do it into the oven. No, right. I've seen some people take out chips by um, using the the how does that work? Like a like a yeah. like heating the whole chip so that the pins get hot and it melts the solder, and it's like. I don't know how hot a soldering iron gets. I know it's hot enough to burn me, but <laughs> um, but I always would think like, man, that you know, I got heat sinks on these things because I'm afraid they're going to overheat. And here I am heating it with a soldering iron to 800 degrees so that the the, the solder melts. It's got to hurt the chip, but it doesn't. It's 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 fine for it. Um, yes, but you you don't have to use too much heat. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it uh, it just. Um, is enough to use 320 degrees, uh, not not 400 like some people do. It's a matter of heat and time. Right. Uh, so uh, I hate this um, comparison, but um, someone said if you bake a cake, you uh, don't use much heat, but you use time and heat. <laughs> so that's mm -hmm. the same when soldering. Right. Uh, <laughs> you can say that as well, uh, and it's it's more um, it's more terrible for devices to uh, use too much heat than to use uh, lower heat and just wait some time. And you, please don't use pressure when soldering. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. It's something I see so often. But. I, I'm guilty that when I desolder, desoldering things, I use a lot of pressure because a lot of times it doesn't want to melt unless I'm like really kind of <laughs> pushing the thing down on it. Like, come on, and then it'll finally melt and <laughs> goes everywhere. And then, I, then I've ruined whatever it is that I was trying to do. And, yeah. Oh, sometimes uh, we have at work uh, um, a soldering station 
with uh, hot air and um, vacuum and everything you need. So it's sometimes uh, so terrible to solder at home because this station at works is about 2,500 uh, euro. <laughs> yeah, right. So it's, so it's much better than my equipment. <laughs> mm -hmm. Right, yeah, yeah. I think I've got like a like a $6 soldering iron off of eBay. So it's... Yeah, it's garbage to yes, begin with. Yes, for most things it's okay. So mm -hmm. <laughs> you don't uh, always need such uh, such um, yes good equipment. Um, for most thing, things it's enough. Um, but for Christmas I had a wish. Just one soldering iron that is a bit better. <laughs> <laughs> and now I have a... Um, a Vela soda soldering iron, <laughs> okay. and I'm so happy with it. <laughs> <clears throat> so, what's what's the next mod you are planning to do? Oh, I don't actually know. Um, I'm on HomeCon in Germany on Saturday, <laughs> and it will be an Intellivision mod again. Okay. <laughs> I uh, I did it one time and that's the second time now. It's interesting to see um, an older device. Yes, this one is older than me, <laughs> and um, but it's great. We uh, we played with it about two hours after I did this mod, <laughs> and the quality of the dis of the um, screen was very good. <laughs> I was a bit proud about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, what is your favorite um, thing that you that you mod? Like, as far as like your 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 preference for for playing on, you know, like if it's a Game Boy or a Game Gear or something, or is there something totally different that you? I love playing Dreamcast. I oh, think it's okay. the best console ever. <laughs> I I know um, we had a Dreamcast and Fantasy Star Online, mm -hmm. and um, my mother worked um, on a provider, of, uh, internet provider. So we, um, but the bills were high enough, <laughs> <laughs> even if it was that way. Um, And I know when I came from school, I played uh, Fantasy Star Online. Then my mother came from work. <laughs> and then, yeah. no, my father came from work. Then my mother came in the afternoon and it was her turn then. <laughs> mm. uh, and she also played sometimes all night, <laughs> even if she had to work on the next day. Uh, so <laughs> maybe you have a picture of my family now, <laughs> um, but uh, I have that in mind, and um, I want to do um, for a long time now the um, Dream Pie mod uh, to get online again on a private server. I think there are al al always um, um, private servers online. Hmm. So that's one dream I have. Maybe that's the next uh, different mod. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've, I've read about it. It's like a modem, a modem emulator. Yes. Um, <laughs> based on a, on a, on a, um, uh, what, what was it called again? 
on a raspberry, um, raspberry yeah, exactly thank you a raspberry a raspberry <laughs> pie and um, you can actually buy it from some people like pre-built but of course you would like to do your own i guess right well how yeah. did it normally get online <laughs> well normally dial up modem i guess right right Analog but it was it did it have a, a port or was it like like how did it was it built in the modem for it mm. or, or how did that work because i'm thinking like you know because they make these Got one over here somewhere. Uh, um, I think it just transfers the analog signal into a digital or internet, but I, I'm not sure. Because we've got these, you know, they they make these uh, the Wi-Fi modems. You know, and a lot of them. This one isn't. This one is for the C64, but they do make one that's just an RS-232 connection for anything that uses that, you know, basic serial sort of thing. And I, I was just thinking, like, if they you know, no. you know, Raspberry Pi emulating modem. They 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 do have some of that stuff for this other stuff. But for um, but if the Dreamcast uses just your regular old RS two thirty two, then I think it I think it doesn't. I okay. think that's some basically problem. The uh, Dreamcast only had an analog modem inside, and that was about it. Yeah. I don't think it had an uh, um, RS two three two interface with it. I think it just had an internal analog dial-up modem inside, if yes. I'm not mistaken. And that is why that is why bringing the Dreamcast on the internet nowadays is such a, a big undertaking, because you have to emulate what the Dreamcast ex is expecting, and that's analog um, modem signals. Okay, yeah, I'm looking at the, uh, the modem right now for it, which is, it looks like, looks like that. That's the thing exactly. Like into it. Yes. And exactly. I'm trying to think what there that. There was a module um, on the back of the console. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm. There was also a broadband adapter mm. that was released in 2001. It, it, it doesn't say what the actual thing is, but it does say that there is a Raspberry Pi PCDC server. Mm. So. Yeah, I guess it's also the problem that the games are expecting analog. Yeah. Um, a modem connection or signals or something. Well, I would think that the game is just like with with anything else. If it's a modem, they're expecting the um, they're they're expecting to get something back and forth. And it is if you can emulate that, that's you know they don't care how it's you know if it's analog or digital as long as they're getting what they want to see. But anyway, I don't know how we got on this. Well, we started with modding. Now we are. It was, it was, it was my fault because I asked a question about the R, the RS two thirty two, and then we went down in a rabbit hole. <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> anyway, so um, and and I think you also told me you would like to work more with link systems, but right with or uh, yes, that's uh, that's the fable of my father. He oh. already um, so. When um, selling the collection, um, my mother uh, took the Sega part, and my father is um, is a big fan of Atari, so he um, took the Jaguar and um, <clears throat> and Lynx. Mm -hmm. So um, that's something I have to do for my father as well. <laughs> Uh, to do the mod, um, there was a problem with the um, voltage regu regulator. 
um, on the PCB. So when turning on an, a Lynx, you can always have the problem that it gets damaged, so completely damaged, because the regulator takes everything into death. Because <laughs> right. um, there's, uh, I think, um, Yes, I, I don't know um, the correct voltage that's inside, but it's converted into 5 volt and it just uh, turns out so um, the device uh, gets um, gets hurt, so um, you have to change the complete uh, regulator and that's one mod I think uh, you have to do, um, even if you want to have it all original. Because um, when you turn it on, it's death, so n nobody uh, has um, something on that. So mm -hmm. it's better to change it in this collect um, in this this part. Right. Yes. That exactly sounds like the the problem the old PSUs from the Commodore 64 is having. <laughs> I guess it's exactly sad issues. brown. Death boxes. Yes, yes. I, I, I have, I've met so many people who, who killed their Commodore 64 because of um, connecting the elephant pricks. We call them here in Germany. Yeah. You know, yeah. the elephant toes to the yeah. Commodore 64, and that is why I got, I got those new ones uh, from Poland. Actually, once you get a new one, yeah, I've got one of the heavy duty ones for that, that fixed that. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Yeah, I guess that that's a typical problem. Um, but well, I it think, was a problem in yeah. that a lot of the times the people that designed this hardware uh, didn't expect it to still be used in 2019. Yes, but I think it was a problem with the hardware as well. So uh, maybe it was just the quality. Um, mm. As uh, Jörg already said, the capacitor crisis, he told yeah. me I didn't know about it. Um, that was the reason why all, all Game Gears um, <laughs> get killed all, every time. Um, so uh, I think you don't always expect that. That's right. actually true. There's an article on Wikipedia about that, how Sega was a victim of this crisis <laughs> in the 80s. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was like a, like a, um, a, a loss of quality in, in capacitors for a bit. Mm. Like in early, and it's funny because, you know, with the, the Amigas one where you can see that the earlier ones, the earlier models are bulletproof they're like they're like the c64 where they'll last forever the, the capacitors will never go bad and then you get to ones where the capacitors are crap and they were leaking before they even came out of the factory and now most of them need to be recapped and then right before they disappeared the last batch that were made are are golden again and and they're not bad so it's like there was that little section the same, and I see the same thing with floppy. I get a lot of you know used floppy disks because I'm a dork and I use that kind of stuff. But um, you see that that the quality they they get crappy. Like like between ninety one and ninety three seems to be the golden spot. Like late nineties, early two thousands, they're trash and they haven't mm. lasted. But before that, if you get them in a good spot, they're they're decent. And there, then there is this Stop other fraction who says, doesn't matter if you have an uh, if you have an early Commodore 64 with the silver label, do it recap any mm -hmm. anyway. You know. I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I in my in my 
experience generally 64 capacitors and 128 and early amiga they they're they're good forever if you have if you have a problem then by all means recap it but otherwise eh. you know you know there's this funny story um from um from the original designers of the commodore 64 yeah. The original model, this was a silver label. Even the early ones in Germany and Europe in general had this sparkle problem where you had white sparkles. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And then, then the Commodore. <laughs> when I when I interviewed uh, when I interviewed Bill Hurt, who was um, a designer at Commodore, hardware designer, he said they actually never fixed it. No, they they just they just programmed a routine into the graphic shape. Whenever you detect there is a sparkle there turn it from white into blue yes. so it would disappear yep. yeah so it just sparkles <laughs> with the same color as the rest of the screen yeah yeah so uh, totally yeah. awesome how they wow. didn't fix the problem just mask the problem so nobody can see that the yeah. problem is still there so yep. awesome yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, which which also leads me to the um, to the question if um, if there's a beavert mod as we mentioned with the game gear wasn't the knowledge to make the picture better already there in the late 80s, early 90s? I mean, why took it so long that somebody discovered it? Why why didn't why didn't it happen way earlier? Did didn't they know it or was it just too expensive? I always wonder why things weren't improved way earlier. I don't know why it should have been uh, uh, more money to invest i think uh yes i think maybe they even didn't know <laughs> why why shouldn't they have done that so um i'm not sure if the if it's the same effect when you uh, haven't got a backlight so in the back of the display i'm not oh, sure okay. <laughs> okay. i think if they would have if they knew that there was a better way they would have done it Mm. <laughs> yeah, well, that's actually the lot of uh, that's actually a lot of times the case nowadays that you can improve old devices with new technology like ten times better. And yeah, um, yeah you you always have to decide, as I said before, do I want to keep it real with all the flaws the original machine had, or do I want to have the best possible picture? And the trade-off is my device is not as it was originally designed. I think it's the best way to have one original and one uh, for playing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, one one to look at and one to actually use. Yes, that's that's that's, that's how. Yeah, exactly. No, I've got my my one twenty-eight over there. Is 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 stock it's exactly as it is this thing has been I, i've i've changed all sorts of stuff in this just because this is what i use and because yes. i actually want it to be cool and 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 fun and and actually work the way that i want it to work so yeah yeah i think that's that's a good uh observation and this this other thing is back in the days it was meant as toys for kids and nowadays the average gamers between 35 and 45 so now adult, um, toys for kids now turn into toys for adults you know just mm -hmm. because we we grow older you know um maybe you grow older i'm still <laughs> a sprightly young man yeah 
Well, I see a little bit of gray hair there. That's, I was I was painting <laughs> earlier. Okay. And, and I got some in my hair. <laughs> that is why. Okay. Yes. But, but kid in mind, so. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's totally fun. Um, <clears throat> so I don't know. I guess I guess we we got it pretty much all covered. Yeah. One well, thing I did want to mention that I was I was looking through the Instagram. Uh, mm -hmm. through your Instagram earlier because I, you know, kind of doing my research as you're supposed <laughs> to do. And uh, I did see one picture, which I just wanted to, to reference because it's the kind of thing that I've always noticed about stuff. And it's, it's the picture of, I guess it's the inside of, an, of a Nintendo and um, there's a fingerprint on the circuit yes, board. Yes. <laughs> and that's, that's, I, that I love that cool. stuff. Yeah. When you take <laughs> apart something that's been, that's been together. It hasn't been opened in 30 years, and you open it up, and there's a fingerprint or something from from the dude that put it together. Like I, I love that, and that has no no bearing on any of the conversation. I just wanted to bring it up because I think that's awesome. And I thought and, I was the only person I that think noticed that. You can't do that in a manufacturing today. So. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's got you know gloves on and. <laughs> Environment so suits. everyone said no that that can't be someone opened it already but uh, no this fingerprint is so mm -hmm. old <laughs> right it has uh, burnt into the copper <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. yeah that's an interesting photo yes i think so as well <laughs> all right yeah, well well where can people go to find out what you're doing and and learn more about you and 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 the mods that you're making I think mostly on Instagram, okay. yes, that's where I, I show the most things. I have a, um, a page on Facebook, but um, yes, Instagram is the best way to show such pictures. I think pictures say more than words in this case. So, <laughs> Okay, and we will put links to everything in the podcast description and probably on the screen right now where people can see it. So everyone can go and check you out and, and see what you're doing. Great. Yes, thank you. <laughs> well, thank you for taking the time. I mean, I I never really spoke much about modifying <laughs> consoles, um, so great because, as I said before, so many people are against it, mm -hmm. and so um, I think it's awesome. I learned yes, a lot. Thank today. you. Uh, thanks that you're listening to me and for the interview. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> great. Absolutely. I'm glad you enjoyed. So, so that was Katya Becker. You can find her, you can check her out on uh, uh, Facebook and on Instagram. It's Tora.mod on either one. Uh, we'll put links to everything in the podcast description down below. Um, thanks for joining us for our extension of Right Repair to Repair Month. Month. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>